Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with Jacob from Full Bore Barbecue, uh, all one word on Instagram. Um, competition team, does some branded bastarding, um, all around, great human. Uh, and we are going to talk about barbecue, we're going to talk about some cookers, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. If you want to go check him out on Instagram, uh, full bore BBQ, all one word. I'm sure if you type in half of that, it's going to start popping up. Uh, his name is Jacob. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show with us and hanging out. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the conversation. First of all, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, it's really cool to, to chat with you guys. Um, so I guess a little bit on, on how I got started on the barbecue world. It's kind of been ingrained in me since I was a, a kid, I guess. Uh, growing up on a farm in a small town, Indiana. I got to shout out St. Anthony, Indiana, because I doubt they've ever been mentioned on a podcast uh, anywhere on earth before. I was going to uh, say, I don't know. Oh. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's um, an hour from just about everywhere that matters. <laughs> so, where, where is St. Anthony's, Indiana? Give, give me um... So it's about one hour straight west of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, is where you'll find Straight that. Straight west. Okay. So yeah. my my wife is from sub, kind of southern Indiana, but she's from like Bedford area, if you know where that is. That's, I think, a little bit more north from you. And yeah. then her grandparents live in Ligoti. Um, uh, Ligoti. <laughs> which is, I know Ligoti well. So. Okay, okay. So you know where that is. Like, So they have a lake house down there, and we go down there every once in a while. Um, but it, it's a very interesting place. I mean, it's very, um, interesting is the nice way to put it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I guess what you're looking for is there's not a lot there. <laughs> no, there's not like, I mean, cell phones barely work. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a very now, heavily Amish community. So like they don't really have cell towers, you know what I mean? Cause they don't really need them. Yeah, and that's more of the Lagodi area. We got a little bit more cell phone reception down where I'm from, but not a ton more, which is actually uh, pretty refreshing at times. It's uh, I, I like to go up there kind of uh, to get away. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee now, but okay. uh, growing up on the farm in, in St. Anthony is really um, kind of how we got started and how barbecue kind of got ingrained um, in me from the get-go. Uh, the way... We would do things. My dad, uh, we had some horses and things growing up, uh, some beef cattle. And uh, my dad loved to take us camping um, as a kid. And being, you know, a, a farm kid, per se, most of the things that we had uh, to cook, to eat, uh, we grew on the farm. You know, we always had butcher day growing up, and it was always cool um, to then take that stuff that, that we had, uh, you know, grown, butchered, raised ourselves, 
And uh, when we go out camping, all he would take would be a, just a grill rack that he'd sledgehammer into the ground next to the fire, and that's all we'd cook on um, the whole time we were there. You know, vegetables, whatever we grew in the garden, that kind of thing. And that's where I really, you know, if, if I sat here and had to pinpoint what made you love barbecue, uh, you know, from the get-go, that would be it. Um, another, you know, big event that kind of happened that really got it, uh, me and uh, a few of my teammates, um, you know, uh, there's four other guys on the team, um, was a, a little backyard barbecue event uh, <laughs> Another one of those small towns called Ferdinand has called the HymaFest. Um, again, it's uh, something you'll probably never hear of except for on this, but um, it was always a big thing growing up. We'd go to this little backyard event. Uh, you could buy a little button for $3. You could walk around and try, you know, all this, these teams' food. And, and you know, um, anybody that's done small-time competition barbecue of any sort kind of knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, um that was always something we really looked forward to. You know, there'd be quite a few teams. And uh, I, I remember one time we were in our early 20s and we went uh, with the plan to do kind of the same thing. And we show up and there's only three teams competing. <laughs> and we were very, very disappointed. Um, did not want that event to die um, or, or anything like that. So we, we kind of took action, um, kind of co-founder of the team, Alex Stefanagel, uh, it really came up with the idea, but we went ahead and, um, you know, put a team together. We're like, hey, we'll give it a shot. Uh, you know, what, what is there to lose? We also started talking to some other people around our age, uh, trying to get them to, to get some teams in this thing, really just kind of a, a local community wanting to keep this thing that we've always had going. And, uh, you know, now last year there was well into double digit teams so it's it's not where it once was but it's growing back up to where it was um, and that's what really got us started doing competitions getting me just wanting to try different things and, and perfecting different meats um, and, and that sort of stuff so we've done a lot of competitions since then um, but that's really the one that got us going and that was you know a couple years ago and um, we've overachieved since then I guess you could say it bit the bug bit you Yes, absolutely. It, it, it bit us hard. Like, like I said, growing up uh, is where it started, but uh, that's that really brought it back in a big way. And I, I literally, I can't, I can't stop barbecuing stuff now. Now, so. um, one of the things I want to talk to you is you have your hands on one of the new master build gravity feed, charcoal gravity feeds. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, it is awesome. It's an awesome piece of machinery. So, so. Explain a little bit more to me about it, um, because they call it like their pellet feed, kind of, not really, like, it, it doesn't fully make sense to me. So, I guess... Mainly because I've never seen one in person. I haven't gotten to, like, touch one. So right. I think, like, until I get to touch one, it... You always have questions, like, off pictures, you know what I mean? Right. No, and and... You know, I felt the same way before before I got my hands on it as well. It, it's very cool. Um, it kind of takes what you would, uh, the way a pellet smoker works, and but kind of uses charcoal instead. So it's got that gravity feed yeah. um, with a hopper, just like a pellet grill or a pellet smoker yep. would. Um, now, you can use regular charcoal, lump charcoal in that. I use lump charcoal. I think it just gets a nice, uh, a better bark, a better taste. Yeah. Um, 
And to get your smoke, there's two ways to do it. Um, you're going to want to use wood chunks. And I just mix them in kind of at the bottom of the hopper with the lump charcoal. Okay. Uh, and, and get smoke that way. You, you get a really clean smoke um, when you do it that way, uh, from what I've seen. Now, charcoal is not always going to be... Uh, lump charcoal that I have found has, has not always given me the, the most pure, clear smoke. Um, but uh, it, it does get a, a little bit better than the briquettes I've found. So um, okay. another way to do it is there's an ashtray underneath and your charcoal actually... Um, when it's done, it kind of uh, drops embers into that ashtray. Yep. And if you want smoke to kind of go on throughout the whole cook, um, those embers will drop on those wood chunks and kind of smoke a little bit as it goes uh, throughout the entire smoke if you want to do it that way as well. See, my only, so, my only concern with that is that you wouldn't be getting it. Like if the embers are dropping onto the wood, you're not getting full ignition. So you're getting a lot of smolder. Right. Yeah, no, it, it's. It's definitely, I don't like to do it that way, especially because, you know, a hunk of meat can only take so much smoke and it's usually going to take it at the beginning yep, when it's yep. cold. Um, so I like to get in there right away. Um, and then, you know, if I want to, I can, I can always toss them on top later uh, and get a little bit more at the end of the cook. And well. now, obviously it has a fan because mo most gravity feeds have a fan, have some kind of yep. fan to keep it moving. Um, they have to, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely has a fan. It, uh, it works, like I said, the fan is going to work similar to what a pellet smoker would, just to keep your temperature kicks on when it needs to and not when yeah. it doesn't. Um, but the cool thing about this one that I found, uh, it'll go from, you know, 150 to 700 degrees like that in, you know, minutes. So it's a really cool thing, especially... Um, for if you're wanting to do a nice reverse sear on like yeah. say a tri-tip or something like that. Yep. Um, it, it's a really cool piece of machinery to, you know, get your smoke, uh, pull it off for a second and then go ahead and, and get it up to temperature and do a quick reverse sear on it. That it's a, I actually did a um, whole boneless ribeye roast on it. It kind of that way uh, this weekend. So now how's the, how's the, uh, how's the space? How's the, um, How's the real estate on it? So it, it's going to be similar to, um, I don't know the exact square inches. I wish I did off the top of my head. Um, but if. Because it is squared. It's, it's not, it's not a rounded cylinder. It's not, correct. it's not circular. So you're, you're getting a little bit more of that squareness to the grate, which is nice. So the most I have physically had on there is three chickens and two racks of ribs. Okay. Um, but. There was room for some more. Okay. Uh, now, know, does it have two racks or is it just one? So it has your your regular grate at the bottom that you can actually flip for a sear side as well. And then it's got two racks that you can put above it. Okay. Uh, and I know uh, that there is work on a larger model right now. So um, a more, uh, more spacious model. So same uh, concept, just more space. So. Okay. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sure they put the first one out and they're like, let's see how this one goes. And if, if it goes well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at different sizing. Yeah, no, and I, absolutely. And, uh, like I said, I know they're coming out with that bigger one. 
and I'm hoping to get my hands on one of those as well because, uh, like I said, it's it's really fun to use. So now, now the searing, because it sears over an open flame, right? Uh, it's not an open flame, no. So I mean, similar to a pellet grill, you you don't have any flamage. You're just going to get the smoke and the the heat from the fan um, okay. on the side. So okay, yeah, it doesn't. It's not actually over any charcoal. Okay, I could swear that I saw in a video that it was actually like they were getting flare ups. So I wonder where those were coming. If they, if I saw that correctly or not, because um, that's definitely definitely interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Are Are you gonna get flare ups? Are you not? You know. Well, I can tell you, you cannot physically get a flare up with it. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Obviously, there's a excuse me, a grease pan that, that's kind of kind of blocking everything and then and then it's going that way. Yeah. Yep, that is exactly how it works. So it, it's, um, I, I like to say, you know, and, and the lady complains all the time because if you look on my back porch, um, I, I think every time she walks out there, there's a new grill or something. <laughs> so she, she doesn't like the real estate they take up, but Everybody well, asks me, they're like, why do you have so many? I'm like, well, this one does this, this one does that. And I can always point at the Masterbuilt one and be like, well, that one kind of does everything, you know? So You know what you do? No, no. What you do is you go, um, when they're like, why do you have so many? Be like, how many kids do you have? <laughs> and when they're like, you'd be like, what? No, no, no. Answer my question. How many kids do you have? Oh, I have zero kids. No, I know, but you ask them. And they're like, right. oh, I have... You know, I have three kids. Which one do you love the most? <laughs> well, I don't know. I love them all equally. Okay. So you don't want to get rid of any of them, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, uh, I'm being able to keep them where they are right now strictly because she wants a new puppy. And uh, uh, it's, it's kind of a bargaining chip right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that... Um, I've gotten, I've gotten the um, stop bringing home grills because like, so I, I like to bring them home like they're puppies. Like when someone's like, I don't want my cooker anymore. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll rescue it for you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. I've, uh, I've had to retire a few to uh, my future in-laws pool down the road. Um, which isn't a terrible thing. That way, I don't have to take it with me whenever I go over there during the summer. So, um, they keep a few over there for me as well. You know, it's it's not the end of the world if you uh, <laughs> if you if you retire one. Yeah. Um, I, I've done the same thing. Um, my, actually, my original master built. Uh, is making its way over there uh, an old electric smoker that kind of got got me started back in the day into smoking I, I know i think everybody probably started with an electric one at some point until nope, I, never did <laughs> well it's an easy way to start but you know it's basically an oven so. it, oh it so is a but i mean then again so is i mean a pellet cooker is an outdoor crock pot right yeah similar similar situation there um but yeah well and I, I think, you know, listening to some of your past episodes, I know you're um, pretty uh, 
adamant about the, I believe the lump charcoal and, and that sort of stuff too. So <laughs> I, I am, I'm, ad, it, I'm not, I'm not against briquettes. I just think they're, I mean, I don't use them very often. Uh, to me, it's just, it's that sliding scale, right? So when you start with real wood, you're going to get the best, you're going to get the best flavor. You're going to get the best out of it. Right. And then when you go down to lump charcoal, then, you know, at least you're still, it's still a progression from real wood to lump charcoal. Right. Right. Well, when you start to get into briquettes, I mean, most of that is sawdust and anything that like for a lot of, um, briquette companies that have lump charcoal, basically it's any of the, any ash that falls off that lump, they're going to, you know, sweep it up and then compress it into hard, you know, compress it into hardwood lump charcoal. Right. And then, and then after that you get down to like pellets, which are basically all of it is just sawdust. It's just sawdust that nobody used compressed so like sawdust burns so much faster and when when people are like dude it's so great look at look my 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 traeger is smoking the whole time (laughs) yeah but it never gives me a clean smoke like when i cook on my mixin and i cook on like on a lot of my cookers i don't see smoke right you know what i mean it's just clean Right, which it's funny because a lot of people think that when you like, if they don't see smoke, they think it's not smoking, or exactly. they think they're not getting that flavor. When really, when you see that like white smoke and that type of stuff, like you're getting no penetration or a goofy flavor. Or well, I mean, you're leaving just dirt, like just like creosotes on your meat. That's all you are, and it's right. so funny, like you saying that I actually had, so I was teaching a class and, um, one of the guys is like, man, when you told me I need to wait until I got cleaner smoke, he's like, that was so, he's like, he's like, that just blew my mind because he's like, I always saw smoke, like white pillowing smoke coming out of my smoker and being like, oh shit, gotta get it on the smoker, gotta get it on the smoker because I'm losing smoking time. Right. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> Your smoker's not ready yet. It, it, it's, it, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not ready to be, it's not ready to have stuff put into it. Give it a second. Let it, let it kind of mellow itself out. Yeah, that, that, that's some great, great advice that I think more people need to hear, <laughs> actually. Uh, you know, let that smoke mellow itself out. And I think something else people make a mistake of a lot of time is, you know, putting their, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't like, you know, getting my meat up to room temperature before I put it on. I like to put it on a little colder. Mm-hmm. I feel like it can, you know, I feel like I always get better penetration that way. Absolutely. Well, because like you're, okay, so I'm meat kind of, <laughs> yeah, dude, because meat stops taking, meat stops taking smoke at about 140 degrees. Right. <laughs> so. so if I put it on at 70 degrees. I only have 70 degrees to go, but now if I put it on at 30 degrees or 35, whatever, just over frozen, you got a lot more room to go, right? A lot more time. Yes, absolutely. You have a lot more time for that to penetrate. Um, I mean, shit, with pork butts, I'll put them on frozen. 
Now, I've never done that. I've always been scared to do that. But <laughs> Oh, dude, I've rubbed them down, threw them on frozen. And I mean, like, I've thrown some on that were fucking hockey puck rocks. Like, straight, like, we, <laughs> like, we've had a couple uh, catering orders where they were like, we need pork butts. And I was like, all of ours are fucking frozen. <laughs> I, they're, it's fucking frozen. And they're like, well, we need them. What are we going to do? And I'm like, cool, we're throwing them on frozen. Now, it adds a little bit more time to the cook. Well, obviously, yeah. But, but realistically, I, yeah. I don't see the flavor. I don't see it come out any different. That's what I was going to ask. Do you see it being drier or nope. anything like that at the end? Huh. Nope. Nope. But I do – I also do um, – I, I, the way that I cook my pork butts commercially is I take my pork butt, I throw it on for about – four to four and a half hours and then I'll temp it. Usually it's temping at about 135, 140 um, in that amount of time. I'm pulling it off. I'm throwing it into a, um, a foil pan. Foil goes on top of it. It goes back into the cooker. Right. So you're catching a lot of that juice and I catch and almost, that anyway. So. I catch, you know, so much of it and yeah. then I pull it in that foil pan. So all that juice goes right back in. Absolutely. Because yeah, I'm no, not I, like it. I said I've, I've never done. I've always uh, always been scared to put one on frozen, but I've definitely uh, I've definitely had to sit there and wait for one to thaw out, which is a lot more frustrating than just throwing it on. I guess next time I'll just do it. <laughs> I you know I don't recommend it for like everyday use. Like if you can if you can avoid it, right? Avoid it. But I also understand that like sometimes you just gotta throw the fucker on frozen. <laughs> and let her go. And I've never had a problem. I've never had a problem with it going on frozen and not getting a good result. Yeah. I've always gotten very good results. So well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to do it, but definitely leave here with the knowledge that I could if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's like sometimes having that little tool in your tool belt helps. You know what I mean? I mean, right. we've, We've also had times where we're like, okay, we're doing a big cook. So, you know, we had some frozen pork butts. Let's pull them out. Let's start thawing them in the, in the, uh, in the cooler, in the refrigerator, not the cooler, but in the walk-in. And um, we'll throw them in there. But, you know, the walk-in's sitting at like 34 degrees. Right. 33 to 34 degrees perfectly. I mean, that's only a degree above freezing. Um, so honestly, it takes forever to thaw. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. if, you, if you had something, if you had something frozen for two, three weeks, you know, frozen, frozen, and you got <laughs> two hunks of fucking, you know, pulled pork put together. Dude, those things ain't coming. Those things ain't thawing in two days. Yeah, a couple days in the sink if you're lucky, but yeah. in the walk-in, you know. In the walk-in, they ain't thawing. Yeah. So they're, they're thawed enough to where, like, the outside is kind of squishy. Fuck that. I'm throwing them on. doesn't matter. The cooker will do the rest. So not being a commercial cook myself, uh, it, by any means, um, I obviously am serving crowds significantly smaller than what you would serve. And, um, you know, I've messed stuff up before. 
I guess I, my have. question for you would be, what what if you just mess something? I'm sure you wouldn't at this point, but have you ever just oh, messed dude. up a bunch of spark plugs? It scares the shit out of me to this day. And <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be bad. Every, every time I, you know, we do something different or we do something special, I'm always like, I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, <laughs> uh, somehow I, I pull it off. I don't, I don't know how. But um, we've, yeah. I, I, I've been lucky enough to say that I've never um, ruined something to the point where it, it was not um, salvageable. <laughs> that would be and, the most precious thing in the world because like, I think about, like, you know, not even in the competition setting. We've had a few in competition settings that we've thought we've messed up and we're sitting there trying to save something. But, like, even if I'm uh, sitting in my backyard and I make something a little too salty, like, it freaks me out to, to mess up one pork bun. <laughs> like, I would, uh, that, that would be a, a stressful little, little uh, deal there. But Well, with that kind of stuff, I mean, at that point right now, like, our rub is I, I'm so dialed in. Um, I know exactly how much I'm hitting it with. It, it, I'm not worried about it being too salty. Um, now there is, I have, I did on accidentally over season, um, some beans once. Like, I mean, (laughs) we, we, we threw a little bit too much cayenne in them. It well, happened. Just a little extra love on some beans. I, you know? I know a couple people have had it happen. I'm not going to lie. We've also done it with chili. We, we do brisket chili every once in a while. And um, I I threw too many peppers in. I was just making it, making it. And, like, I wasn't fully paying attention. You know what I mean? Because you're doing 15 things at once. Right, right. And I thought I put one... Um, one one pepper in, but apparently I'd already put in two. I chopped up two already and put two in. So I chopped up another two and put two more in. So I was like, I usually put three in, right? So now I'm two over. <laughs> <laughs> well, too spicy is always relative as well. You know, you can of ask course, yeah. They're like, uh, that's way too spicy, which would be me. Yeah, but you can ask the next guy, and they'll be like. Can you throw another pepper in there? Oh, of course, yeah. So I've done that. Um, but as far as pork butts, no, I've never really worried about a pork butt. You can beat the shit out of those things. I mean, yeah, they're pretty versatile. I have piece. had my brisket come out not as moist as I'd like. Um, that has happened, you know, where it's on a, you know, not as moist as we would like. So I'd say, you know, we've definitely had some mess ups uh, in the competition world getting going. You know, I guess you got to picture a a couple of us guys and, uh, you know, getting into this backyard barbecue competition thing. We didn't, you know, nobody knows what they're doing until they've done it and done it for a while, really. Um, And, you know, we may have had a few too many bush lights one time or the next and sometimes we you know let a smoker flare up or uh 
uh, I believe we once actually forgot to start our chicken on time. So, you know, uh, there's ways of saving it. And, and uh, actually, our last, I guess, big mess up ended up getting, uh, uh, we, we let a smoker flare up to finish off some ribs uh, that we were turning in um, badly. And we didn't notice for um, a little too long. <laughs> and uh, they ended up getting fifth out of, you know, 40 some people. So, not too terrible. You know, um, it, it happens. And I always say, you know, shit happens. It really does. Um, I've, oh, we've all messed up. It just, it's just, it's happened. We've all, um, all messed up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you learn. It is. Yeah. If you can learn from it though, it's not that bad of a mess up. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not the end of the world. Right. Absolutely. If you don't learn from it, then it was a bad mess up and you're, you're just a jackass. Yeah, yeah. We only forgot to put the chicken on on time just the once, you know? Yeah, see? <laughs> I mean, we've had... Um, I, I've done it at, at home cooking. I, I, was making ri- I was making beef ribs, right? And... I, I checked them, I temped them, and I was like, okay, cool. I still got, like, a couple hours. It, it'll be fine, right? And I was, I was cooking them on my bigger and egg, so I, I, my, my temp was dialed in. It wasn't going to move. I wasn't really worried about that. And then I'm like, I am going to take a nap because I'm tired. And I fell asleep. And I woke up several hours later. And was like, fuck. And I like ran out there. Oh, dude, they were, they were done. <laughs> to like, say the <laughs> Yeah. Like, you're not saving them done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd imagine you probably woke up in a, in a little bit of a panic. Beef ribs are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about um, where you are in the world, but down here, I cannot seem to find beef ribs anywhere like good beef ribs we with... can find them but they're expensive yeah We're, i i wish i could even find them they were expensive like i can't seem to find i can find like a beef spare rib or something like a you know fully trimmed one but i can't find like your nice thick cut beef ribs anywhere really? yeah why don't you just ask the butcher I have uh, this guy down here, and uh, there's the only one. So I'm kind of new to the area uh, wow. down here, and I've only really uh, got uh, one guy that I talked to. And he um, he said he'll let me know when he can get some in, but he hasn't let me know yet. So That's weird that he um, can't get them in. Because usually yeah. a lot of them, if they're trimming by themselves, um, they will get that short rib in. Right. And then they can just leave them. But, you know, that's actually a, a, a good, like, thick-cut beef rib and um, is one thing that I've wanted to try that I haven't even, I haven't, haven't even never had the pleasure of cooking. I, I've cooked a lot of different things, but that's not one of them. So, um, I, I mean, they're fantastic. I did some the other night, and yeah. uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's so much fun to cook them. It really is. Well, and just the look you can get out of them, it, it's, uh, and, you know, serving to, to small groups of people like I do in the backyard oh, yeah. or 
it, it's a uh, you know the wow factor of a beef rib that half of them have never seen either is is a, is always a cool thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's a whole different presentation. You right. know what I mean, you take that beef rib and you're like, here you go, and they're like, <laughs> whoa, they're like, what did you put on my plate? Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. Just try. It. Like, what kind <laughs> of fucking prehistoric dinosaur shit is this? Yeah. No, uh, that, that's always been, you know, not just me, the rest of the guys on my team, too. I think our goal when we started out um, was just to do that one <laughs> barbecue competition, but it's kind of turned into doing a couple, and um, now we just want to we want to barbecue everything. Uh, you know, for years, uh, we've always done a big annual Christmas party. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes there was, you know, 50 people at this thing. Um, when we were growing up, when we were, you know, in high school and everybody was, you know, just wanted to party all the time. And, and but we still keep this tradition going, have a gift exchange every year. And this past year, uh, we're like, well, this year we're going to we're going to do a lot more barbecue. And, you know, everybody's always I've always brought a pork butt to this thing, you know, every year. But this year we decided all the guys were getting together all day, you know, starting in the morning and we're going to cook all day until this thing starts at eight o'clock in the evening, whatever. We cooked everything from squirrel leg to elk steak to you name it. Uh, it, it, it was being cooked. I think we had some venison meatballs. We like to just do a lot of different things. Yeah. And, uh, we had, uh, we didn't realize it at the time, but when we uh, put everything, you know, to where we were going to serve the food and people started going through the line, we're like, well, crap, nobody made sides. We had zero sides and like 10 different meats and it was great. I don't <laughs> see the problem. Yeah, it was n no sides. I think somebody made brownies, which was fine. You know, we had, we even had a dessert to go with our 10 different meats and, uh, but, um, you know, that was a, a mistake that I didn't see a problem with, but I some mean, of those complained, so. You make, you know, pulled pork as a side. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you put some slaw on it or whatever. I mean, it's a side. side. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I don't see a, I don't see a problem. Yeah. No, that was a, it was definitely a rich meal. What did I, I made uh, some pork belly burnt ends for that Ooh, one. They were, we do those all the time. Yeah. Uh, we do, or we did for pop-ups, and uh, man, dude, they would sell out like crazy. They would sell out within half an hour. I feel um, like they're they're a very trendy thing in barbecue right now. I feel cooked. like, you know, a year or two ago, you never saw them, and now yeah, he's trying them, <laughs> which is you know fine. They're I've been they're doing them for quite a bit, and um, I've probably been doing them for about two and a half years, two two and a half years right now. And, um, we, we kind of are get we kind of got known a little bit for them and people kind of complained to me. They're like, why don't you make more? And I'm like, cause once they're <laughs> gone, they're gone. Yeah. Well, if you don't make them exclusive, you know, that's marketing one-on-one, right? There. Yeah. Like <laughs> we own like for pop-ups cause we're only there for three hours, right? Like when we do pop-ups at breweries, we're only there for three hours. Right. I'll only make one belly. <laughs> right, you can't you can't cook ten of them and hope for people to. They don't yeah. realize that you don't just go in the back and slap it on a grill like a burger. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'll cook one belly. 
And they're like, well, why don't you make more? Why don't you make more? I'm like, get here sooner. I made, you know, one belly. What is that? You know, 10 or more pounds. (laughs) Yeah, it's usually about 10 orders. Yeah. We do about a pound per order. Yeah. Which is like, it, it doesn't come out to a pound per order, I guess. It comes out to probably like, after, you know, you render everything out and whatever. A ten, a ten to eleven pound pork belly probably gives me about eight pounds, but that's yeah, still all that fat renders out. And yeah, but it's still that. a good amount of meat per order. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's a small amount of meat, and right. I just I'm like, once it's gone, it's gone, dude. <laughs> it's gone. I th- my, uh, I think my favorite barbecue creation I've ever made actually was a, a pork belly item. Um, it was at the Kentucky State Barbecue Festival last year, actually. They had a one-bite competition. Yeah. So, you know, you can make whatever you want. And I don't know how I got down this rabbit hole, but for some reason I was, like, super into smoked cream cheese. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever done that. No. or um, So the, the way that it's the best is just take a regular block of cream cheese and, like, Roll it in some spice rub. I've rolled it in just like basil flakes, you know, something like that. Put it in your smoker at 250 for 45 minutes, just on a piece of foil. It doesn't fall apart or anything. It stays in a block. Really? The second it comes out of the smoker, just get a cracker and start eating it like dip. (laughs) It doesn't Uh, fall apart? No. That's the coolest thing. It gets like this awesome looking like crack down the top um, and, and it's perfectly like brown. Um, you know, gets a nice crisp on the outside and it doesn't, everybody thinks it would turn into a puddle, but it doesn't. That's what I would think it would do. And I went, you know, deep, deep into the internet trying to find stuff about smoked cream cheese and it really doesn't exist. You're going on the dark web, (laughs) getting, getting deep. Yeah. So, um, for some reason I was on that kick and this competition was coming up and I knew this one bite competition was coming um, I was on a pork belly burnt end kick as well. So, um, I decided to make, uh, you had to come up with a fancy name for it at this one. So I named it a uh, pork belly goes to prom. Okay. I, I, the idea I guess was I was going to make this nice little pork belly, which people don't think is, you know, generally all that fancy. And then I was going to put a crown on top of it, you know, goes to prom, whatever. Okay. So, um, I made, uh, I, when I'm doing that, I actually, just for time constraints, I used strips of pork belly so they'd cook faster. Yeah. Um, I always put a binder on oh, pretty much all my pork, you know, some mustard. Uh, you know, layered it with chili powder, a rub that I make, uh, put some smoke on it, and then put a sear on it so it got that nice bacon thing. Yep. Going. And uh, then took a slab of that smoked cream cheese, put it right on top, just regular smoked cream cheese, uh, with a little bit of our barbecue rub on there, and then top that sucker with like a piece of apple, a piece of strawberry, some mint, some basil leaves, and some walnuts. And it was in, it was it looked insane. Um, people, you can actually see a picture of it on my my Instagram if people want to go there and look at it. It's uh, it's uh, the turn in box was one of the prettiest things I have seen. I do believe so. That is um. Quite the uh, interesting looking 
<laughs> yeah. A, a, a very interesting thing about that one. Actually, one of the compliments I'm most proud of in my entire life was Mo Kaysen, uh yeah. was there. And he, was, he wasn't judging or anything. So he was, you know, walking around with his big fat cigar like of he always did. <laughs> um, and he asked me, you know, what I was making for this thing. And I described it similar to what I just did there. And he said, uh, damn, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it worked. Yeah, it took second place in the one bite. Uh, I still don't know how I lost to, to what I lost to, but whatever. That, that's yeah, neither it happens. <laughs> it happens. You know. Yeah. We all have those. I will say that um, with, with Pork Belly, I mean... It, it, you can't go wrong. <laughs> right. It's just a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Shoot, people say anything is better with bacon on top of it. It's true. And and what's better than like a big, thick piece of bacon? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've the funny thing is we've had some people that have come up to us and they're like, oh, I'm going to get the pork belly burnets. Okay, cool. And I'll give it to them and they'll be like, there's a lot of fat in them. I was like, yeah. It, it is fat. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you, uh, I hit you it, know, right? You know? <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. I mean, when you when you start dealing with the public, um, you get some interesting humans. Yeah. Let me tell well, you. Fortunately, the only time we've dealt with the public has been you know, serving stuff to the general public at some of these competitions that we go to. And you even get some interesting ones there when they're getting free food. So, Oh, yeah. We did, um, so we do egg fests every once in a while. And um, we were we were just doing one. And we did a mac and cheese bar. Ooh. And everyone was like... At, like, I had to explain, like, almost everyone that came out. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, well, we're a mac and cheese bar. And they're like, so where's the sample? I'm like, no, no, you make your own sample. Yeah, yeah. Start and they're like, it? yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's like a buffet. What you want to put on it is what goes on this mac and cheese. And they're like, so I'm basically making my own sample. I'm like, yeah, to whatever you like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that's like, yeah. first of all, the win people's choice. That's the easiest. Like, how are you going to win people's choice? Well, I'm going to let them make whatever. They want. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lose it. Um, yeah. But what I, what I did was, so we did mac and cheese, right? We did smoked sausage. We did um, bacon. We did venison. We did Korean style short ribs. And we did pulled pork. And then we had a little bit of barbecue sauce if you wanted it. Hey, I'm telling you, anytime you would tell uh, tell me that that's what you got going on, and you have that somewhere near Tennessee, like I'm just gonna come do it. I'm not gonna complain about having to put it together myself. Oh, <laughs> like, but dude, people were making some awesome. Like they were like, oh, so I can kind of make whatever I want. I'm like, yeah, for sure. And they're making stuff, and they're like, I would have never thought to put like grilled venison on top of mac and cheese you're welcome yeah no yeah i was like <laughs> you're you're completely welcome and they're like it's just either like we just didn't think of they're like 
because like we were up in Wisconsin, so there's a lot of guys that are hunters, right? And they're like, we're always kind of looking for something to do for our kids to get them to eat venison. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the kids are like, I don't want it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's it got a little top, different flavor, I guess. Exactly. But if yeah. you throw it on mac and cheese, whoa! Now, now we're now we're in a different game. Venison half the time I would say is like the it's the ground beef of southern Indiana, you know. Like like you said about Wisconsin, everyone hunts there. Oh yeah. Everyone's got a freezer full of deer meat. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're having chili in southern Indiana or tacos, chances are it's it ground it's venison. venison, you know. Yeah. I personally like venison. I, I think it I think it has a good flavor. Um one of my really good buddies hunts and I mean, Will, like, there's times where he's like, dude, I got, I got, a, I got a deer yesterday. You want to have venison tonight? Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's awesome. Let's go, let's go, let's go fucking make some venison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we've, we've just, you know, we do a bunch of different stuff. I would say, have you ever had fried venison? Oh, yeah. No, I, if there's a way to make it. I'd be willing to bet. I have done it all myself. I've had it because, you know, even, you know, everybody there hunts, but especially the guys on my team, you know, Bryce Nord, he's another guy on our team. He hunts everything that, that can breathe, you know, bear hunts, elk hunts, you know, whatever they're, they're probably not going to listen to this because they're out turkey hunting, (laughs) you know, right now. So, um, yeah, they, they they like to do you name it that in that direction. So. I I would love to get some um some elk. It's not easy to get elk's elk's difficult. Like I don't have anyone that actually hunts elk because right. first of all, hunting elk is expensive. Like, oh yeah, to go hunt elk, it's not like it's not like deer hunting. Yeah, it's not like hey, go get a tree stand and a shotgun and sit over there. Yeah, <laughs> like first of all, tags are expensive. Um, and there's no elk around here. Right. So you got to go somewhere. So you got to pay for the, you know, the flight, the trip and all that shit. And then you got to pay to fly all that elk back. Yeah. And then you, and you got to be up for butchering that sucker and packing it out and, you know, all yep. that stuff, which I haven't personally done. And, uh, but those guys that, that do it and bring it back, I'm happy to eat it and cook it. So, you know. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's oh, yeah. you know two guys two guys that go as regularly as they can and they um, you know Alex and Bryce both do that and then another guy uh, hunts a ton as well so and they bring uh, they, see you just you let them do the work right and you just get some of the spoils one of the more interesting things they've brought around uh, the, another guy named Ethan on the team uh, brought around goose bratwurst uh, before and they were just delightful were they, uh, see i've heard goose is extremely greasy yeah because i mean that bird has so much fat on it right right correct because i mean they're walking around it's like negative 10 degrees and they're walking around like it's perfectly fine and like you know they don't it doesn't even bother them right yeah i, I mean and maybe it was the setting that made it uh you know that made it better it was you know, on a camping trip, he brought out a bunch of goose brats, and we're all sitting around the fire eating them. And you know, and that or, I mean, good. he hit the he hit the right, you know, <laughs> fat to 
to meat ratio. Right. Because that's important, right? Absolutely. With a sausage, you know, yeah. you don't want it to be half the size when you're done cooking it. <laughs> that, or you don't want it to be too dry, because then right. as you're cooking it, it'll dry the shit. You know, it'll right. dry out. And if you don't season it, that, that's the tricky thing about sausage that most people don't understand, that if you dry that fucker out, because there's not enough fat in it, you can't add fat to it. Um, and if you don't season it correctly, oh, dude, you're screwed. Yeah. If it's not seasoned before you put, like, if it's not seasoned perfectly before you put that shit in that casing, you ain't seasoning it in the, you ain't seasoning it in the casing. Uh, no, not, not successfully. And all that <laughs> is one of the main reasons that I like that they do it. And then <laughs> I get to cook it. <laughs> You're like, well, you messed up. I did fine. Yeah, it's like, I cooked this perfectly. You <laughs> gave it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the, so we just found one of our suppliers actually, they were like, hey, try this, try this sausage. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try a sausage from you guys. And it's a beef sausage, and it is phenomenal to the point where I'm like, do I even want to make my own? Do I really want to? I'm like, they already kind of, they built the ship. I'll just right. kind of build around it. <laughs> right. If it ain't broke, you know, why try to fix it? Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like, and, and I was telling, I was talking to my wife about it because we were actually eating some of them because we, we brought them home. And, um, I was like, you know, the hard thing is like we, since we're a catering company and we do pop-ups and stuff like that, we're not like a full on restaurant. I don't cook 15 to 20 briskets a day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're just not cooking that many briskets a day. So the amount of trimming that we have is not as high as, a, a you know, as like an Aaron Franklin's or like an Avery May down in Texas or, you know, um, a Black's down in Texas where they're like, yeah, we make our own sausage because we're throwing... What else are we going to do with all this we're stuff? We're throwing you know? 200, 200, 200 pounds of trimming away. Right. Which is like ridiculously amounts of money. You, you gotta think if a brisket's going for two eighty nine a pound, and you're throwing two hundred pounds of it away a week, that doesn't make a ton of business sense. It doesn't make a ton. It doesn't make ton business sense at all. Like what we do with our, because we do, um, we do brunch pop ups, right? Right. So what we do is I save my brisket trimmings. So I can render them for brunches, and I don't save all my brisket trimmings because that would be a lot of gravy. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> but we and I, I do render it for. We do have a couple friends that um, I, I have a couple chef friends that are like, dude, I just want brisket, like I want rendered brisket fat. And I was like, cool. So we I I'll save for it. Well, I'm like, here you go. Here, here's whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna either go to you or it's gonna go in the trash. Right. So you, you pick. I'd rather have it go to you and you make something out of it. Right. So we what we do is we I render out the brisket fat, right? And I make brisket gravy out of it. Ooh. That sounds nice. <laughs> so then we do biscuit briskets and gravy. Dang. There's not enough barbecue places doing brunch, I don't think. Oh, no, because it's a pain in the ass sometimes. 
But yeah. what we do is we take we take a chop we take the brisket we chop it, right? Because we try I I've tried it both ways. People were like, "Why don't you just leave it sliced? Leave it sliced." And I'm like, "I get what you're thinking about leaving it sliced because it looks a little bit better in presentation when it's sliced." But the problem is when you go to eat it, it with biscuits and gravy, right? Right. It's just not as easy. It's just not as easy, and and you know people are. It just doesn't go, it doesn't get eaten as easily, right? Right. Well, and if there's one thing I know about brunch is it's over 50% of the people brunching are, they're a little bit hungover. (laughs) If living in Nashville for six years has taught me anything. They're not looking for a struggle, okay? (laughs) They want to be easy. So what we do is we we chop it. and, And I feel like... Because when you think of, like, biscuits and gravy, like a traditional biscuits and gravy, right, you get those, like, little bit of pork pieces in it, right? Because a traditional, like, pork uh, pork gravy, right? A lot of right. people will leave a little bit of, of the sausage inside of it. Well, the chopped brisket almost mimics that. It's bigger pieces, but it gives you that, that kind of same, like, idea and feel. Yeah, no that that's actually something that uh, that is very intriguing. I I, I uh, I'm gonna have to make a trip to Chicago and give that a shot. Actually, probably is what I need to do. You do, <laughs> yes. It is it is phenomenal. Um, and we do we do two biscuits. Um, I think it's four and a half or it's a little over four ounces of brisket and then a. An eight ounce pour of gravy, dude. You can't finish it. Like people, like people are like, "Oh, I could have just had one biscuit. You didn't need two biscuits." Right. But we give well, it two, and it people are like, "It's so good." I've seen people like physically force themselves to finish it, and like look at me and go, "I hate myself," but it was so good. Yeah. See, that'd be me, and then I'd be like, "All right, it's nap time." Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> this, this- been a great brunch like <laughs> and we do them at breweries so people are drinking beer uh yeah having a great time but it, it's like it's such a thick meal that like if they were hung over they almost feel better they're leaving a little full yeah because it just kind of <laughs> it, it it warms you up yeah it really warms you up do you uh do you cook a lot of fish ever smoke a lot of fish um, I don't, not a ton. I, 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 I've cooked fish. I've smoked fish. I've cold smoked fish. I've done all that stuff, but we don't do it commercially a ton. Um, one of my neighbors fishes a lot and he always asks, he's always like, Hey bud, can you uh, smoke some stuff for me? And I'll smoke it for him. And I, and I do a little bit of that kind of stuff, but I, I don't do a ton of fish. Yeah, I it's one of my favorite things to uh, to you know, not always smoke, but to throw on the grill. Uh, I guess we do uh, when we were cooking a lot of fish. We were doing a lot of like cedar plank, a, lo- a right. lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. So we were doing a lot of salmon, and we were kind of grilling. We weren't we weren't really smoking. What we would do every once in a while is if we were doing like a reverse sear on a steak, I'd throw it in 
and let you know let it kind of smoke a little bit with the steak kind of smoking a little bit and then yeah. pull it off and finish it yeah it it, it absorbs smoke super quick oh um, yeah i'd leave I, it I, on for like maybe seven to ten minutes if that the the favorite one that i think um i've ever done and it was uh the guy bryce on on my team that uh um kind of uh engineered the whole thing and uh the other guy, I got to shout him out, the last guy, because I haven't mentioned his name yet, Andy Thacker, um, does a lot of fishing as well. Uh, we do some trips over to East Tennessee and go hiking and fish for trout, you know, brown trout rainbows, and we'll pull a whole mess of those up, and he'll just gut them, leave them whole, throw them straight on the grill with, like, some butter and stuff with some herbs, and it's about, about the best thing you'll ever put in your mouth right there. It's flaky and buttery and... Um, I love it. It's always a treat. We don't get it very often, but. Well, I mean, it, it's as fresh as fresh can be. Right. I mean, you can't get much fresher, right? Right. Oh, yeah. We'll pull it out of the out of the river and, you know, it's hours, uh, you know, <laughs> if that, before it's in our belly. So. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. as fresh as you can be. I know that, like. It's just, it's the best way. But I haven't done a ton of, I like to smoke a lot of salmon. That's just because the the lady likes uh, my smoked salmon. The lady likes the salmon, so you got to keep her happy. Got to have it. Got some in the freezer I'm getting ready to do later this week, so. Now, okay, let me ask you this question. Like, when you freeze your salmon, um, do you find, do you find that it's, a little weirder in texture after you smoke it uh no not really but i'm i'm also vacuum sealing it before i freeze it so yeah I, so I mean, do we but every once it. in a while like every once in a while we'll get a weird piece and and the wife will be like this one tastes a little weird yeah no i, I haven't nothing that i've noticed and but i i'd say 90 percent of the time I'm not freezing it though. Uh, this one was purely, they had uh, the it whole happens. fillet on sale, so I bought the whole thing and you know cooked half of it, um, type of thing. So we do it sometimes. I mean, it, it happens in the sense that like shit's on sale and hey, it was on sale. Yeah, I mean, with all that's going on in the world right now, it's actually uh, there's been a lot of crazy meat sales oh, <laughs> going. Yeah right yeah. now that uh, i think i mentioned i did the the ribeye roast um the whole boneless ribeye roast 50 percent off at the store you know it's a cut of meat 10 pound ribeye roast usually 140 150 bucks picked it up for like 70 dollars. So, so i i here's my this is my one claim to fame on ribeye roasts um so bone and ribeye i go to the store it's on sale and I'm like, should we get some? And the wife's like, yeah, let's get it. And this is before, um, this is when I still lived in the city before I was cooking uh, commercially and stuff like that. Um, so I'm like, yeah, let's get it. Let's, let's get it. You know what I mean? It's not that bad in price. I think it was like, I think it was like sixteen ninety nine a pound before it was on sale, right? So it, it, right, it's right. expensive, but it's not... You know, when you when you drop it down to eight, eight, then it's like, oh, okay, kind of tolerable, right? Expensive, but it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, 
the guy gets it, pushes it in, you know, whatever, types in the numbers, prints it out, and hands it to me. And I'm like, okay, I grab it, I throw it in the cart, don't think anything of it, order a couple other things from the butcher counter, and then go, right? I look at, at like, we leave, and I'm like, something's not adding up. Like, the number, like, what we paid for the whole transaction could not have been correct. They need more money from me. <laughs> yeah, like, they need more money from me. <laughs> yeah. But, like, we lived in the city, so we were almost home. I'm not going back. I wasn't going right. to go back either way. Um, and it's a, it, it's a chain supermarket, so don't feel bad. It wasn't a mom-and-pop butcher shop. If it was a mom-and-pop <laughs> butcher shop, I'd go back. Um, and I look at, I, I, we, you know, we're, we get home, we start pulling out all the meat, start putting it away. And I look at the, the, um, the rib, ribeye or the rib roast. He fucked up and typed in Italian sausage. <laughs> a little the code, bit of a price difference there. Not. Uh, prime ribeye, prime rib. So it was, I, I think we paid like, I, I, I think it was like 14 or six, like $15. Yeah. You, you got a, a cause it was a like $2 a, a pound for, for breakfast price. You know? Oh yeah. Cause it was like, it was like $2 a pound and the sausage was on sale too. So like, <laughs> So, like, we got, like, a double, double hit. Like, he just messed up. Man, you know, you hate to see it for them, but it, it, it's a good mess up <laughs> to get you know, a nice bone-in ribeye roast. Yeah. Mm. Most, probably one of the most beautiful presentations you can, can do with some meat is a nice whole bone-in ribeye roast, man. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And when it costs you 14 it's so much better. It can be beautiful more than once. Yeah, like, it's just amazing. But that that's my one claim to fame on that one. Just because, like, I didn't know. Like, I, I literally driving home the whole time. I'm like, there's no, I'm like, there's something wrong with the amount of money that we paid. I'm like, did we not, did they not scan something? Did, you know, did, what, what happened? I'm no math whiz, but. Yeah. Like. Like, I didn't major in math. But I'm pretty sure. We underpaid. I, I would say uh, you you now major in meat, and you knew something didn't add up there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, something wasn't adding up, but it happens, and uh, it sucks for them. But now, I don't, I, they're no longer, they were, they were a Chicago-based grocery store. They are now owned by Kroger. They will be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to make it. Yeah, like, they're going to be fine. Yeah. No, no one, no one's uh, knocking down their door for the extra hundred bucks that I own. Uh, <laughs> right. But what? But that was the one time like I got lucky. That was my one luckiness. I I know so many guys that like are like oh I've like I've seen like briskets that are priced wrong, you know. Places that like unaccidentally said you know this brisket wasn't uh you know fifteen pound brisket but they. They said it was a pound and a half. 
Right. Because they typed it in wrong. You know what I mean? Like, or the scale messed up. My luck always comes whenever uh, my parents come to visit. Uh, they, they still have a bunch of beef cattle. My dad's retired now. He just, he thinks he's John Wayne. He rides our horses around the farm and, and chases the cows. But they, they uh, you know, sell beef quarters and stuff like that. So every time they come and visit, like, my freezer is just stuffed with steak. Can't they get you some beef ribs? <laughs> you would think, you know, they've never offered. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they uh, trim those into some, some nicer cuts instead but um yeah a lot of times they could now a lot of times that that's kind of what that what what ends up happening with that short rib is it gets it gets it gets left on the on the ribeye or 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 wherever else it's going yeah but uh dad if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) i would like some some beef ribs please some beef ribs you know just make make the beef ribs which that's actually kind of how a lot of cuts in general are you know if you're getting really, you know, tiny, you know, like uh, pork baby back ribs, it's usually because the loins get, you know, they're they're making more money off the loin. Yeah, it's because somebody got a fat loin. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But that that's how it is. Yeah. Just um, the same as like spare ribs. If you if you're getting a good fat spare rib, that means that bacon, you know, that belly's getting chopped up for it. Right. It's yeah. not like it's not like all these parts kind of exist, <laughs> yeah, beautifully, to, you know, apart. They they all exist beautifully together, and then we separate them. If one's bigger, that means one's smaller. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is why no. baby backs were forever. Which was why baby backs for a long time were so small, because a lot of butchers were making more money off the loin, so they were cutting it to to save the loin because they they'd make more money off of it. I'll tell you, I prefer, um, and I, I may be in the minority here, but I much prefer, you know, your St. Louis style cut, well, or your spare ribs. What I really like to do is get your whole spare rib so I can trim off the rib tips and have a couple different meals, uh, you know, from that. But I, I, for some reason, I prefer the way St. Louis cuts come out, just the way they're... Oh, know. I'm a big, much, much bigger fan of a St. Louis. Um, yeah. I feel I, I you get more meat. I just like the I, I like the cut better. Yeah, and, and baby backs get all get all the fame for some reason, but uh, especially with people that don't grill as much. But They're I more think more expensive, that, man. Yeah, I think like, that if you if you do grill a ton or smoke meat a ton, I, I I think you probably like the St. Louis better. I I will put I will put baby backs on our menu. And I, if I put Baby Backs and St. Louis on our menu, like, together, I will outsell, like, we did We did Baby Backs and Spares on a menu the other couple weeks ago. I think I sold, I sold 35 racks of Baby Backs, and we sold four racks of Spares. It's because of that song. Uh, <laughs> uh, the chili uh, song, the chilies, yeah, yeah. That that's why it is. It's got everybody's, you know, marketing at its best, right there. Everyone's Absolutely. brainwashed into baby back ribs. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, but I, I think I think it's just a lot of people like baby backs, and yeah. I've had people tell me they're like, no, I just prefer baby backs, which is 
it, it's very interesting. I, I guess that they're, you know, sometimes they're thicker and more meaty, but to me that means you're not getting as much flavor pack, you know, punch on each, uh, on each bite that, you know, ribs, I, uh, I season the crap out of my ribs. I feel like you almost can't over season those suckers sometimes. And, um, you know, that's what I'm eating them for. So, yeah, <laughs> dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've been talking for a little over an hour now. Um, and that's kind of where we normally cut this thing off because I think people don't want to listen to my voice anymore. Uh, <laughs> but man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue. We're definitely going to have to have you back. You were fantastic. Um, so I like to end the podcast in this, in this fun little question. If you could go back in time to when you first started cooking and give yourself three tips from everything that you know now to help shorten your learning curve, what would your three tips be? Uh, my first one would definitely have to be start with chicken. <laughs> if, if you're going to be a backyard cook and, and you bought a new smoker, uh, I've had so many people message me you know, on Instagram and say, I bought a smoker and I bought a brisket and I'm going for it this weekend. I'm like, that's great. And it'll pro it, I, I'm sure you'll do awesome. But uh, it's a lot cheaper to mess up on a $5 chicken than a $90 brisket. You know, <laughs> So that would definitely, uh, definitely be... My first tip is start with chicken. Um, second would be I'll always listen to the old guy. That you know, if you're if you're in a group of people barbecuing, there's always an old guy, and he's always got some tips and tricks. And your style may be completely different than his, but I think every time I've sat down and listened, um, I've come away with something uh, that that has been useful. Um, you know, whether it's how to control a smoker's temp or you know how to how to do something better. Um, I've just always, you know, found that advice, you know, listen to the experienced people. Um, it helps. Third is just, you know, never be scared to barbecue something. I, I had, uh, I've had somebody, um, ask me the other day if that they, they said one of the things they wanted to barbecue the most in the world was a leg of lamb. And I was like, well, just go do it. I was like, yeah. so, you know, people get scared of that. They're like, well, it's an expensive cut. Well, not, you know, I might mess it up. I'm like, well, you started with chicken. You're good now. You can do this leg of lamb. Um, so, you know, just barbecue everything, I guess, would be the, the third piece of advice. I Just, uh, you know, make yourself versatile and, uh, and do it that way. Yeah, I would say um, those are some great tips because I, I think, like, people are like, I'm scared of doing this. Well, you know you're always going to be scared if you don't do it right and if you mess up all you've done is learn and you'll do better the next time so i mean it might cost you a little bit of money but that's okay yeah yeah so dude i want to say thank you so much once again if you can do me one last favor jacob let us know exactly where they can find you on the internet anywhere you want to, anything you want to plug cool yeah uh first of all again thank you so much for having me i'd be happy to come back anytime um, the two things I got going right now are, are really uh, the Instagram account. So at that uh, at full bore barbecue, it's B full bore BBQ one word. Uh, and then actually, you know, I do a lot of other chefy type stuff. It's not really barbecue. I didn't really want to litter my barbecue page with that type of thing. Um, and I also have uh, arguably the cutest dog on the planet. So um, the other Instagram is at Chef Robert the Bernadoodle. And uh, it's really my super cute dog in an apron and a chef's hat uh, posing with my 
uh, more chef-inspired meals. Um, How do you get them not to eat it? I I don't know. Like, (laughs) he just doesn't. I don't know. Like, it's nothing we trained into him. He just doesn't eat it until we give it to him. And it's the he posed Saturday in front of that boneless rib roast and a foil pan full of grilled lobster tails and, like, didn't even look at them. I was like, it, it was uh, incredible. That's but, insane. Yeah. But anyway, you can you can find him on there, at Chef Robert the Bernadoodle. That's a newer account that I got going. Um, but, uh, it's one we're trying to grow. And then, uh, at Jacob Lubers on Facebook, we also have full bore barbecue, Southern Indiana on Facebook too. So fantastic, dude. Thank you so much. And we will chat soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is fantastic.